This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I'm Michael Dwojek with the record North Shore founding members, Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino, as we provide you guys with everything that's been going on in the past week of North Shore sports. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, um, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, uh, podcasts, we're there. So we got a two-half uh, format for you guys in this week's episode. In the first half, we'll give you guys an update on an IHSA meeting that produced something, but not much, really. Uh, I'm sure Marty and uh, Joe are excited to get into that in the first half. And then the second uh, half of the podcast, we uh, talk about some of our uh, area of football players because uh, we're recording on Wednesday, which is na- the start of National uh, Signing Day, the early period. That'll go up until Friday. Um, but we'll talk about some of the area talent moving on collegiately um, after this season. So why don't we get things started in the first half of the podcast where uh, the IHSA met on uh, Monday, I think it was, and they uh, basically uh, told us things that we kind of expected to already know. The main announcement was that contact days for fall, spring, and summer sports will be allowed as soon as the Illinois Department of Public Health and Governor J.B. Pritzker's uh, office lift Tier 3 mitigations. Uh, badminton also will be moving to the winter, which will be uh, interesting and spice things up over the winter. And then the IHSA also talked about how they plan to play every single sport uh, still this school year. So I'll get Joe and Marty involved in this conversation now, but um, it seems like, guys, that we got um, – news that we basically knew we didn't get like much um news or anything that was really groundbreaking or no real plans or anything like that so um i don't know how much you guys really took from this latest latest announcement from the ihsa we're gonna try to make something from nothing as they sometimes say michael but i think the uh the big the big message that comes out of this at least in my eyes is some positivity um, from the from the previous couple IHSA meetings, we've uh, we've had a hard time trying to find the positives out of them. I think out of this meeting, we can take away some positives. We we get the intent that all sports are still um, planned to be played this year, which is obviously a positive. And just old feels like we're starting to get a, a glimpse of the light at the end of the tunnel with some of the promising vaccine news we've had earlier this week and last week. So. I'm trying to take some positives away from this and uh, and call this a good thing, but maybe I'm being a little too optimistic. Yeah, I'm trying to. Maybe maybe we're we're early turning over a new leaf, Marty, at the end of 2020. But um, you know, I guess them saying that you know contact days can start as soon as mitigations are lifted is a good thing. Uh, we we hope they would say that. We hope that was obvious, but maybe it wasn't. And uh, and that's a good thing. To, you know, saying basically you can start going back at it the day 
gets lifted. Um, I guess that's good for them to say, you know, like we've mentioned before, we just hoped maybe not now, but we hope very soon that they'll have a plan in place with multiple contingencies. If these are lifted out by this date, by this date, then this is what we'll do. This is when postseason will start. And it's a huge matrix they got to solve to do that. Um, but we hope that's all they're really working on to get those sports in because they're going to have to get in. I think like we calculated before in this story, something like 20 to 25 sports and activities just in half of a school year. Um, I know they're going to use some of the summer, which is nice, but uh, it's going to be very difficult. So um, some more guidance would be useful. Maybe that is all they're working on. Um, badminton move to the winter. That is news. Um, hopefully that, you know, they did that strategically to free up some time um, in the spring and summer sports um, because badminton's low con or no contact. And even though it's played indoors. So um, it's something on the uh, on the pessimistic side of things, and, and there goes my run as an optimist that lasted pretty long. We still have uh, we still have no plan, as Joe mentioned, and we still have no meeting with state health officials. So here we are, almost in January, and we have yet to have the IHSA and the governor's office meet. So that is uh, those are a couple of things that don't seem too promising. Um, I, I believe they did announce that early January after they have met with someone, um, from the governor's office and state health officials. So hopefully we'll get some, some more good news on that end. But, uh, th- those two points in my opinion are a little concerning right now. <clears throat> yeah. And we, it, it seems like, um, sorry, Joe, go ahead. I was going to say, and we are at the end of 2020, which is the holiday season, um, so maybe we're being a little too harsh from time to time, expecting uh, them to meet every day when it is a, a busy time in the holiday schedule. But um, you know, hopefully they meet before, and we have we have more answers. Uh, given the benefit of the doubt, and maybe we have a lot of answers as we start 2021. Do you guys feel that uh, once uh, um, litigations get and the numbers get better? Um, how confident are you guys that they'll be able to get all the winter sports? And I think the, I think most people are fairly confident that you'll be able to get uh, boys and girls bowling, boys swimming, girls gymnastics, uh, in, and now, now I guess uh, badminton. But um, how likely do you think they'll be able to get this basketball season? And because basketball would still be considered a high-risk sport, so I don't know exactly what their plan would be um, for basketball, even if the mitigations do get a little bit better. I think it's definitely going to be an, an abbreviated version of the season, obviously. And I think we'll maybe get something along the lines of one game against each team in your conference, maybe, or your uh, of a conference tournament um, at the end. I, I don't think we'll get a regional and sectional like we did with some of the earlier sports. Uh, but maybe I could just be um, the pessimist in this situation and no i think you're right i mean it's re- it's just really hard to imagine having w- definitely a full season plus playoffs so then you you try to put together uh, a puzzle where a abbreviated season in, in playoffs like just a few matches or games and then playoffs no playoffs what's gonna work um you know i guess the good thing the sports you mentioned michael bowling um, gymnastics and, 
uh, I'm sorry, swimming, swimming are all played in the, you know, different places on the, you know, just thinking of Nutrier has different locations for all of those um, specifically. So that's good. Same with basketball. Um, you know, they play in the gym, you got the gymnastics gym, you got the pool, you got the bowling alley. So maybe we'll be able to get them all in with, with little logistical problems. It's just that to think that they're going to still go a couple months. I mean, we're already talking about mid March then, which is when we're we, going to start football. Are season. we still hearing that the plan, are we still hearing that the plan is for basketball in the winter? Have they, have they said anything that they've thought about maybe moving it to the summer or pushing it back? Are, or are they still saying that the plan is basketball in the winter? I think this is the problem. I think there is no plan. Like they, I think they want to get it into the winter, but they've also talked about moving it to the spring and the summer. I mean, it seems like, I mean, this is what we've been harping on uh, for the past, I don't know, whenever this all started, but it just seems like there's no like legitimate plan or just saying like, all right, if we can't start the season by the middle of January, like the beginning or the beginning of February, we're just going to move this into like the spring or the summer. Yeah. Like based on, based on those, uh, on uh, the calendar that IHSA released, doesn't the spring season start like February 15th? I think they had, they had listed something close to that date for football. Um, I know, I know maybe they moved up some of the start dates for baseball and softball too. I don't know about the other sports, but I, I could be mistaken, but from everything we've been hearing from public health officials and, and those in uh, elected offices, the, the next 30 to 60 days are still going to be incredibly challenging in terms of um, the virus and, and case numbers and hospitalizations and deaths, despite um, the arrival of vaccines. So if we're still operating under that assumption that we're still, you know, a month or two away from, from even a little bit slightly better times, we have to assume that these mitigations probably are not going to be lifted anytime in the immediate future. So even if we go on the conservative side of, of 30 days, that puts us um, sometime in the middle of January already. Then you start up right away. What would be the possible, the earliest possible you could start basketball first week in February. And that gets you maybe a month and a half of a season, maybe. Yeah. And that's, I think we heard some rumors about basketball in the summer but I, I want to say that was more of ideas from, from some of our sports journalists in the area rather or ADs as well, rather than the IHSA. So, you know, you, you talk about trying to get it in the winter and an abbreviated set, like Marty said, because a lot of basketball players play football and a lot of female basketball players play volleyball and softball uh, as well as soccer, which we haven't played. So we're, uh, we're in a tight spot. I, I keep just thinking the IHSA said they plan to play all the sports I start to wonder, is it worth it if you give a I'll, – I'll just pick a sport at random that says if you give a, a boys' volleyball season one month, is that even worth it? Do, I feel like that's almost an insult. Um, but, again, that's the pessimistic shine, side shining through. Um, it's going to be – it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. Yeah. It's very difficult. Have they have they said anything about student athletes being able to play multiple sports within the same season? Like, have has the IHA, IHSA officially said like that's okay? I haven't seen anything about that. I haven't seen anything about that either. Because then, I mean, 
when we, can, we, we can talk about this a little more, but then you're just, you know, you're creating almost impossible decisions for these athletes because as Joe mentioned, I mean, so many kids play multiple sports and especially um, when all these sports are going to overlap each other, you know, if you got a, a football player who plays baseball or a basketball player um, who plays soccer, I mean, it, it's going to, it's going to force these kids to make some really tough decisions. So maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get some news about how they'll allow kids to play multiple sports. I mean, that's also going to cause scheduling problems and roster problems, I'm sure as well, but um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens in regard to that. The IHSA has allowed things like that in the past. Um, say like, you know, boys soccer kickers are also can play in the football games. And in the uh, spring season, track stars can also play on the baseball team with, you know, they have to get that approved and things like that. So there's a, there's a precedent for allowing that to happen, but we're talking about at a unprecedented level. Um, and I don't really know if you can practice for basketball and football in the same day, <laughs> uh, <laughs> things like that. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard anything either. And if you're a senior and you've graduated already and you have, you know, maybe some aspirations of playing at the next level, are you going to want to play during the summer and risk the chance of potentially getting hurt and then jeopardizing your, your opportunity to maybe play at the next level? It'll definitely be interesting. And uh, that leads me to my final point before we move on to the second half. Uh, the IHSA is supposed to meet with Governor Pritzker's office, I think, and the IDPH. I mean, before the new year and before the, you know, before they start going back into playing that kind of stuff. I mean, based on everything we've heard and everything that we've seen, um, how confident are you guys in those meetings actually like leading to concrete plans and like that kind of stuff? Or, I mean, I mean, how confident are you that the, that meeting and just the IHSA and know can get things going um to uh start having contact that size says everything yeah i'll keep it short and then pass it along to joe but i'm gonna say not very confident <laughs> <laughs> that is short um i'm with you and it feels kind of like when they make these announcements like hey guys we're having a meeting or like like they did a couple weeks ago when they said well, they're we're inviting them to our meeting it feels like they're just passing the buck. Like we're going to see what they tell us and react. Don't we know what's going to happen here? The state's going to tell them and what is what the state's been doing. We're, we're not making the decisions right now. We're waiting for the numbers to fall. And like we said before, COVID's really making the decisions. I feel like that's what it could come out of this meeting. The state's going to be like, we don't know when tier mitigation is going to be lifted. COVID will tell us. And the ITSA is going to be like, well, the state was no help. I feel like that's exactly what's going to come out if the state even shows up to the meeting. <laughs> so not a lot of confidence coming from this, uh, from this podcast about the future, but hopefully uh, things are able to, uh, hopefully things are able to, the numbers get down. Things are uh, going well after the holiday season and the new year, and we can hopefully get some uh, sports coming back to you guys. So we can talk about that instead of harping on the IHSA every single week. But well, I guess we would be harping on the IHSA. It just depends on the different things that we would be harping against them like sectionals and all that kind of stuff. But let's move on over now to the second half of the podcast. But before we do so, let's give a quick shout out and thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area. So make sure you check them out 
for any of your uh, bone and joint needs, move better and live better. So like I mentioned earlier, we're recording this on Wednesday, which is the first day of the early period for National Signing Day. Uh, since the NCAA has moved this a couple of years ago now, I think um, most athletes now sign in February now, but most of the athletes by now uh, sign uh, in the early signing period just to guarantee a spot. And I'm sure with coronavirus going on and everything like that, most of the athletes in high school want to ensure their spots. So they'll be signing during the early signing period. But we, uh, we've we had some uh, local area kids uh, sign uh, already based on Wednesday. I know they have plans of signing during the early period as well. Um, but why don't we start off with Nutrier. Uh, Nutrier only has one uh, athlete signing during this period, we believe, and that's uh, senior David, David Koff. Um, he signed to go play for the University of Iowa as an offensive lineman. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to to talk to him as we mentioned in earlier podcasts um obviously he's going to be enrolling early so he'll be graduating from nature by the end of the month and enrolling at iowa next uh next month but um just remind our uh audience about what that was, was like for david and what kind of player the university of iowa is getting in their uh, big offensive lineman yeah sure you know we spoke to David, like, like you mentioned <clears throat> earlier this fall, um, just about, you know, uh, what it means to be an all American. He was one of 100 chosen, uh, to be an all on the all America team. Um, you know, he, he chose Iowa, um, as a good fit. Obviously it's a, it's a spot that basically grows offensive linemen and his growth at Nutria has been, um, you know, clearly, clearly followed, um, by a lot of colleges. He had a lot of offer to sees. He's six six. He, he's upwards of two eighty five. He's a big guy, really big, really athletic. You know, his his mentality is something Coach Brian Dahl talked about was let him to stand out. Um, you know, he told some some recruiters that uh, you know he tries to put somebody on the ground every single play. That's his that's his mission. You know, he takes his assignment and he wants to get him to the ground. And there's plenty of tape of him doing exactly that. So you could see it. You know um, how athletic, how good his footwork has. Really. Um, kind of a bummer that we're going to miss seeing him on the high school playing field this year. I think he would have been extremely dominant with all his growth and maturity um, since uh, he started, he started his sophomore year. So now being a senior, being a leader, uh, being a big 10 recruit, um, it would have meant uh, it would have been fun to watch him kind of um, throw people around this year and, and lead that offense nutrients uh, running game. But um, he will, Go to Iowa early. Uh, he's graduating Nutrier this winter and uh, enrolling early in Iowa. So um, big kid, going to do big things. Um, and, I, and I think they want him to get on the field pretty early. It would be really cool and encouraging, cool to see uh, what he's able to do at uh, Iowa. And uh, obviously uh, enrolling early just to get part of spring practice, get those lifts in and get them in, get into their program as quickly as possible um obviously to get them going and uh, hopefully get see some playing time early in his career um Loyola had a bunch of uh athletes or uh players sign uh, on the first day of signing day uh the biggest uh signing we'd probably say is Josh Krutz uh signing with the University of Illinois um I don't know how much debate there was given that uh Illinois head coach Lovey Smith was fired on Sunday um but it seems like most of most of the players are uh, staying with the with uh, 
university as part of their commitment. Uh, Josh is part of that crew as well. He signed his letter of intent on Wednesday morning. I caught up with Josh at the end of September, um, and he talked about how um, Illinois just seemed like family. family. Uh, he liked the crew that was coming in. He liked what they were doing with offensive linemen. Um, uh, he was seeing there. Um, I know head coach Sean Halsek, team leader, leads both on and off the field, very dedicated in the weight room and uh, in the classroom as well. So um, hopefully uh, he'll be able to uh, uh, get into the system pretty early and hopefully uh, make some contributions on that offensive line real, down the road. Real, real quickly, Michael, have we heard anything about the uh, the Polynesian Bowl? I know a big part of your your story was his excitement to – be able to play in that game. Um, it's coming up. I, it was supposed to be played in January, I believe. Have we heard it, anything in regards to that? Is it, is it still going on? Has it been pushed back at all? I haven't heard anything about it. I don't think he's uh, he hasn't really mentioned anything like that. I'm doing a quick uh, Google search as I'm stalling right now, uh, babbling out over here. But, no, it, it seems like it's still scheduled for uh, Saturday, January 23rd in the new year. I don't know if maybe they're able to – I don't know, since it's in Hawaii, that they're able to uh, monitor it much easier and maybe have everyone take testing before they come over and uh, kind of handle it that way. But I would assume um, that it's, at, at some point you would figure it sooner rather than later they would cancel it if they were thinking about canceling it. But um, Josh, like you mentioned, obviously Josh was named to that team. Um, so a big um, – it's really cool to watch him do that and uh, be part of that team um, – just uh, being recognized for his great play, and we'll see how that goes. Considering it'd be a little preseason tune-up for him, it's his first football game of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for the season. Uh, most polished before everyone else. But uh, Loyola had uh, a lot of uh, other players as well. One of the bigger highlights was Von Pemberton signing his letter of intent to play at Ball State. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember Von Pemberton uh, having historic gains, whether it being five uh, touch. I think it was five touchdowns in the game. Just uh, being a big contributor uh, for the Ramblers last season and the last couple of years as well. He played a big role <clears throat> in the playoffs in 2018 for the revenge tour as well. But um, w- what do you guys kind of remember just from Vaughn and what he was able to bring to Loyola? Um, just kind of, just kind of that prototypical uh, any down uh, running back who was just able to barrel through players behind that Loyola offensive line. If I uh, if I remember correctly here, Michael, and feel free to to correct me if I'm wrong, um, I believe he uh, he played one of his years partially with Trevor Cabanban as well, and they made a nice yeah. little uh, nice little one two punch in the backfield for the Ramblers. Obviously, a little bit of a speed and quickness with uh, with Cabanban, and then some size and power, some uh, some power running with uh, with Pemberton. So. That that that's what I remember the most. A, a great a great little running back tandem that they had. Yeah, and, and Vaughn uh, was an end zone. He had a nose for an end zone. Had uh, sixteen TDs, um, almost a thousand yards. So, uh, you know, they used him heavily. Big guy, and he's going to Ball State, which Ball State's a very good team in the Mid American. They're five and one this year. I just looked it up. I, I knew they were doing well, and um, so they're sitting at the top of their their half of the division. Um, and I think looking to uh, to a game with Buffalo soon, so um, that's a that's a good team he's going to. So hopefully he can be a contributor. 
Definitely. Uh, we knew uh, he had uh, college uh, aspirations just based on his talent. And uh, congrats to him. I'm going over to Ball State. Uh, we also had Brandon Spetz uh, signing with Harvard. I know uh, as, a, as a strong side defensive end, um, I know he was looking at other schools like Army as well, but Harvard uh, ended up winning that battle for the strong side defensive end. And um, if you saw him play or if you just look at his highlight reels or anything like that, you just notice how like how much pressure he's able to get faced and how much he's able to work against like really talented um, offensive linemen in the state. I mean, he, he's able to uh, push them through. He's able to create pressure, whether that's stopping a running back at the line or whether that's um, – creating pressure for the opposing quarterback uh, all season long. Just during his time with Loyola, he was able to uh, really create a lot of pressure on that line. I know with uh, John Holosek uh, defenses, uh, a lot of the focus is on the linebackers, just based on the linebackers Loyola is able to have uh, throughout the years. And obviously John being a, a great linebacker at college and the professionals as well. But uh, Spets was able to uh, really put together some strong, strong uh things for uh the ramblers throughout the years as law as well as his uh teammate liam Cunningham, who signed with eiu um he uh was a strong defender for them as well so uh the you guys are seeing a big uh a big uh trend here with a lot of college talent this loyola team would have been really good uh this year and probably will be good if they ever do play and a lot of a lot of big guys you know loyola um I mean, on the defensive end, they're always intimidating, but I think they would have put together a really intimidating front front seven, um, front eight, um, obviously because they like to stack the box is what I'm saying um, this year. And uh, and then obviously you'll see it that they're going to the college level. So um, hopefully they're able to do so in uh, 2021. We get to see that power, power defense. Perry McClinton uh, is also going to be signing as a wide receiver with Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, he was uh, someone we were talking about last year at the beginning of last season. I think it was uh, entered as a quarterback, started as the lead quarterback for the Ramblers, but then um, adjusted as a wide receiver and uh, really impressed for the Ramblers there and obviously impressed with Indiana Wesleyan. So he'll be moving on over there. And then Logan Lehneman uh, is going to the Colorado School of Mines. Um, as a tight end, um, have never heard of that school, but probably is now my favorite, uh, university in Colorado just for the name. And I'm sure you guys can imagine what the mascot is minor, but, uh, it'll be really cool to see what <laughs> took you a while there, Joe. Uh, but, uh, it'll be really cool to watch these guys play. Uh, I know a few guys are still making some college decisions as well, but, um, uh, move this on to you guys want to take you guys to senior year of high school. If you guys were a hot um, sought after high school football player, how would you guys make your college decision announcement today? I know obviously things are different now with uh, college kids making videos, college kids just doing posts um, at the end on Twitter and what have you, or a hat decision. How would you guys make your college decision known to the world? I think I'd probably uh, keep it pretty simple and go the uh, go the hat decision route. Maybe put four four or five hats out, a uh, couple fake outs. Uh, grab a hat, maybe fake, put it on, toss it to the side, and then go for uh, whatever hat I was choosing for. I, I've always found those uh, 
those videos for some reason somewhat interesting. So I'd probably take it that route uh, and keep it pretty basic. I think I'd probably do something um, in the lines of like a, uh, a gender reveal type of thing where I'd blow something up and the colors, <laughs> the colors of the school would go into the air. Um, and it'd probably be, well, probably what happened is either uh, something would catch fire. Um, luckily, we're not in a place that would uh, <laughs> a forest fire. Or the colors would be kind of ambiguous. Be like, is that a purple or is that a red? We're not really sure because that's what kind of happened at our gender reveal. You couldn't tell if it was blue or pink. So um, it was kind of a fail. So I feel like that's probably what would happen in my big reveal. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it'd be too much of a choice because I'd probably just go to Illinois for any sport. <laughs> what would be your preferred sport if you had to compete in any sport? Definitely, like baseball. <laughs> Definitely baseball on my end. <laughs> it, it would probably be baseball on my end, but if I was going to the U, oh, they got a great baseball program. You know, our, we got one heck of a uh, golf program and wrestling and um, gymnastics, and I am not good at any of those, so I'd have to work pretty hard. I think for my college decision, I think I would just do like the simple like announcement on Twitter, just do like uh, pages, like post thinking, whatever, and just at the end saying, respect my decision. That would be the key uh, to any kind of a decision I would be making out at the end, just say no interviews, respect my decision. That's always uh, funny to me whenever I see uh, kids do that at the end. Yeah. Less to receive an offer from. Exactly. Like a very minimalist (laughs) prayers up and just the name of the college. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously none of us got those opportunities back in the day. So we get to relive it. Uh, we get to relive our fantasize about how we would have done it uh, now as we uh, talk about it on the podcast here about high school sports. But uh, I think that's everything that we have uh, for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks so much again for taking a listen. Thanks again to our sponsors, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Give us a listen, listen to old interviews as well. Um, those uh, never get old so make sure you're listening to old episodes of the podcast as well I don't know um, we'll have much news from the IHSA during this holiday season I'm sure they'll use it to uh, relax and do a lot of contemplating about what uh, the future holds but um, we're grateful for you guys for listening to this uh, latest episode and for Joe, Marty and I thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Thank you.